The Trinity Center for Spiritual Living appreciates your selecting our podcast service as a part of your spiritual journey. The TCSL podcast has over 1,000 downloads a month worldwide by individuals just like you seeking to expand their spiritual magnificence. To express your gratitude and donate for the good you hear and the growth you experience from our lesson, visit our website at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate. As you donate, affirm, my offering affirms my commitment and my willingness to be an inlet and an outlet for the abundant good and energy of divine spirit. It's, uh, it's been a little while. I look around, I see people I know. My uh, former assistant, wow, good to see you here. Denise, good to see you too. So this has been your, your whole journey of prosperity. And I was thinking about, uh, I'm the cleanup hitter. You know what that is? You bat fourth for the uh, baseball team. Others get on base. Your job to, to bring it on home. So that's what I'm going to do. I believe everything we experience, everything we have comes from our consciousness. And so what we're about here is raising our consciousness. And my pledge to you is by the end of this service, we will have raised our prosperity consciousness. And you know what that means, right? You'll raise your prosperity. So that's what it's about. Are you ready? Are you ready? Well, let's get it on now. Let's do it. Now, first I'm going to tell you some prosperity lessons from the Bible. Luke 12, do not be afraid, for it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do not be afraid. Fear is a great blocker of prosperity. It is if you have a garden hose out and you're standing on it and the water can't get through. It's there. It's trying to get through, but fear blocks it. So you've got to give up fear. There's some other things you have to give up also that block it. Let me tell you what they are. Judging others and yourself. Woo! You get into that judging thing, you're going to block it. You're going to block your good. Hating. Hating blocks the flow. Being anxious about anything. Those are tall orders to give those up, aren't they? For any of you, have they become old friends? Yeah. Easy to judge. You know, particularly uh, public figures. You notice that? How there's certain ones we just can't stand. Woo! I said, yeah. Okay. Well, that doesn't hurt them at all. It hurts me. Give it up. Give it up. John 10, 34. Jesus answered, is it not written in your law, I said, you are gods. Woo! You are children of a benevolent deity. So stop saying, I'm only human. What do you expect? You are human and you are divine. Woo! That's kind of big, isn't it? You know, uh, he, he had to give up excuses then. Right? We make excuses for lots of things. Why I'm not this or why I'm not that. Why I'm not happy. I'm not this. Their fault. Always somebody else's. And the worst is because I'm just a human being. You are not. You are divine. Can you get that? Can you get excited about that? You know, I remember, it was saying 1958, I started at the Unity Church, which was on Ponce de Leon, in a little rented quarter. And uh, very quickly, I learned I'm a child of God. I also learned when I misbehaved, they would say, you're a child of God, now act like one. (laughs) You're divine. Act like it. Act like it. My goodness, my goodness. 
Nothing will be impossible with God. And according to your faith or belief, let it be done to you. God and you can do anything with one exception. You see, God can only do for you what God can do through you, through your consciousness, through your belief. If you believe you can't, you're right. If you believe you can, you're right. What are you believing about yourself and about life and about others? And I'll tell you, in seminary we'll make a distinction between belief and faith. The Bible kind of translates them about the same. Belief, I think, is more of a, an intellectual mind. Faith is more of a feeling. But your belief will, will direct your faith. So where are you putting it? According to your belief, according to your faith, it is done unto you. So, so if things are not going the way you want in your life, what do you have to change? Your belief. And so here's the, here's the really tricky thing about belief. Well, I believe life is hard and then you die. Well, life was hard and then I died. And then it's like, well, you were right. Oh, I, I used to despise those bumper stickers, didn't you? Like, what a philosophy. Hey, life is hard and then you die. How about life is great and it just gets greater on the other side? I mean, really, come on, change your belief. Here is, is, is one of the most challenging scriptures of all and my favorite all time. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these because I'm going to my Father. You, you know, I was an understudy of the, the great unity minister Eric Butterworth who wrote Discover the Power Within You and Other Things. He had uh, the largest church in unity at that time, they met in Avery Fisher Hall in the Lincoln Center. They met in Avery Fisher Hall in the Lincoln Center because he got tired of the poor service he was getting at Carnegie Hall. <laughs> so he moved to the newer and better, the, 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 the Lincoln Center. But he was, in, he was in the service in World War II, and a number of the people he were actually went into ministry afterwards, various ones. He went into unity, and, some, and he had a, 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 one of his fellow soldiers who went into ministry of a different faith. And they used to argue theology, which I have found really doesn't do much good for anybody, does it? If I've made up my mind, and I don't care what you think. Well, and so at some point, he was talking about how great we are, and there's the divinity in this and so forth. And I said, no, no, we're lowly sinners and this and that. And then he said, well, didn't Jesus say, these things that I do, ye shall do, and even greater things? And the man stopped for a minute, you know, folded his arms. He was closed to that sort of stuff. And he said, yes, but I wish he hadn't. <laughs> That's a big challenge. How many of you have accepted that? I don't raise your hand and don't nod your head or anything. But, man, these things I do, ye shall do an even greater. We'll grow into that a little bit. I want you to grow into that. Take a deep breath. Man. Can you heal the sick, raise the dead? Why not? I mean, if this the great master that we say we follow, then do it. Do it. It's a big challenge. What else are you going to do with the rest of your life but be great? I mean, really, you want to go and just fade off into the sunset? No, don't do that. Do you not say... Four months more, then comes the harvest. But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. 
do you think he's talking agriculture? He said, man, we just put the crops in. How can you say they're ripe for harvest? Because he's talking meta-agriculture. Not talking agriculture. He's talking metaphysics. You do the work in consciousness. You plant those seeds. They, they always come up. You do your work, work and let God do God's part of that. Okay? But you can say, well, someday this will happen. Someday. Oh, I planted them. I don't know. Yeah, we, we, it could be too much rain or too little rain. We, we're not talking about that. We're talking about the seeds of consciousness. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. <clears throat> when, when he was feeding the multitude, you know, oh, man, what are we going to do? We've got all these people and they're hungry. You know, and we, they didn't have uh, a fast food restaurant with the filet of fish sandwich that we could just get to Tiberius. We could get a whole boatload of these things and bring them back. So he's got to do something. Ordering the crowd to sit down on the ground, he took the loaves and the fish, and after giving thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples and the disciples to the crowds, and all of them ate and were filled. Oh, man, it was an amazing, amazing. Now, there's a lot of ways we can talk about that and explain it and that sort of thing, but the obvious message there is he gave thanks before he saw the demonstration. Give thanks. Let, let me tell you something. It doesn't change God one bit, the divine, because there's nothing God loves more to do than to bless you with everything you need. But it opens us up if we have an attitude of gratitude, if we have an attitude of gratitude. But there's another message in that that I like. He told them, right where you are. He didn't say, y'all go running into, I'm sure he's from the southern kingdom. But no. <laughs> he didn't say, y'all go running into uh, Tiberius and we'll meet you back here in a half a day and eat and, you know, go fishing and cook the fish. Right where you are. And sometimes, you know, I read about consciousness and the masters and all. Well, someday, you know, 25 lifetimes from now, I will be a spiritual master. Ah, uh, you know, 20 years, if I keep working this affirmative prayer, maybe I'll get something, you know. He says, right now, sit down, do it. Right where you are in consciousness is a starting place, and it is good e Enough. It's good enough, okay? I'm going to tell you what I believe are the things you need to do to expand your prosperity consciousness and start being prosperous today. First is tithing. Woo! Tithing? Yeah, you know, a great prosperity teacher is Stretton Smith. He's a friend of mine. He said, tithing is the big frog you have to swallow. He said, now, if you swallow a big frog first thing in the morning, nothing worse is going to happen to you the rest of the day. <laughs> All right, well, I don't, how can I tithe? I don't have enough. I started tithing when I was in ministerial school, and I lived in a government housing project, and I made $400 a month, and uh, I started tithing then. Friends, it works. Because none of that is ours anyway. You get that? It's all God's. It's all the universe. We're just stewards for this. 
But get the thing going. Prime the pump. And no minister really likes to talk much about tithing in his or her own congregation. That's why I'm here. <laughs> you got it? Yeah. Every prosperity teacher I know tithes, and they didn't like it at first. Edwin Gaines, she was poor as she could be, could barely feed her. You know, Eric Butterworth, talk about Eric Butterworth. Most people don't know this, but when you get close to him, he was poor when, when he was a kid. But there's, there were some interesting things about it. I'm not going to talk all of Eric Butterworth, but, but they lived in California during the Depression. His father was a rounder. He wasn't there very much. There were two things. Mother said we will not talk ill of him. She didn't talk ill, and, and, and they were not allowed to talk ill of him. But, but they knew there were a lot of people that had uh, wealthy people back east, had big homes, and they had California homes. But they couldn't go back and forth. She would write to them and say, if you will pay us a little stipend, we will live in that house, we'll keep it clean, we'll keep it painted, we'll do the yard work and all that sort of stuff. So he grew up. Though he, they were poor, they lived in beautiful mansions. And you know, in, in ministry, when he went to New York. He took a pay cut to go to New York, by the way. That church wasn't doing well. But he grew that church, and he lived in Greenwich, Connecticut, in a mansion. He had every three years a new BMW. They probably wouldn't want me to say I'm, I'm saying too much. But he said, get in the flow of giving. That's what he, he taught about. To get in the flow of giving and he said, by the end of the year, you'll find you have given much more than 10%. 10% is the tithe. It's kind of an Old Testament thing. So the point is, get in the flow. And I also tell you this. It's not just what you give, 10%. It's how you give. If you give fearfully, you give grudgingly, you give, I don't want to do this. Life gives back to you not just what you give, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and multiplied. It's how you give. What is your thought? What is your feeling when you're giving? So, tithing. Got it? Eat the big frog. You know, it's like, okay. Affirmations. This is, you do affirmative prayer. I tell you, it sounds so simple. You say, why are you talking about it? I know that, I know that. There was a, there's a friend of mine, longtime friend, her mother got into unity. Now, this friend was very intelligent. She was a college student. It's like, oh, mother, you know. Well, she was having a hard time meeting her expenses going to college. She was working part-time in a real estate office keeping the books for them. One day, and, and, and this was in California, and, and, and it was kind of a, a new thought boss. And he said, every employee, at no matter what position, at what level, had to write out ten affirmations and get them approved by the supervisor. And you had to put them on your desk, had to read them every day. So this person who was disbelieving, but she was broke, but trying to get through college, the company was growing, and her work was growing. So she, and she was, in all honesty, kind of a mousy person, you know. 
shy and retiring. You know, so. Kind of like me, you know. Like, <laughs> well, <clears throat> like I used to be. And so one day she says, she, she, she marches into the president's office and said, listen, I cannot go to a school and do the books and this at the same time. So either you take me in as a partner or I'm quitting and going to school full time. He says, okay, you're a partner. The affirmations gave her the courage, the strength to say, hey, I'm somebody, I'm important, I can do this. And this particular company uh, would buy old uh, buildings on the edge of uh, the bad and the good, but factories and things and make lofts out of them. She's a millionaire. And by the way, has a great marriage to a husband who's a, a Jewish dentist who does stand-up comedy at comedy clubs. <laughs> and they, they consider themselves Jewish unity and Buddhist. So I think that's jabunity. <laughs> and uh, they are having a great life. But what turned things around from this mousy little person who was going to college? And affirmation. That's the only thing she did different, and it changed her life. We're going to end with some affirmations for you. All right, what we call in unity denials, it's been, denial has become a bad word uh, now, but when they were using it, it was before uh, psychology said, you know, and, and recovery room said, it's a sweeping out of erroneous beliefs. So it's not a in psychology, a denial is a maladaptive coping mechanism. You know. But in the truth, it is sweep it out. The things that you believe were done unto you, and you can say, well, that's the way life is, or you can sweep out those, uh, those false beliefs. And it takes some work. Now, while we do affirmations with power and force, the denial should be more like, sweeping the cobwebs out of a corner. I don't see any here, but I mean, if you had cobwebs, you'd just kind of sweep them here. So. Here's another thing. Clean out your closet, your basement, your attics, your files, and relationships that have cluttered your life. We're doing that now. We're doing that now. We are, we're planning a move. We've got to get rid of stuff. Now, the, the realtor said, you know, you can't have all this clutter in your house, you know. So some of it you hide in the garage. But, you, but that, clean out your garage. Clean out your attic. Clean out everything, your basement. You can do that. But also relationships. There was a time in my life when uh, my life had fallen apart. And I found that my friends who were my friends when I was successful and on top had abandoned me. So my friends I had then were people that were cranky and complaining about life and jobs and government and everything. And so I was complaining about life and jobs and government relationships and everything else. But then I got back into this new thought. And I said, hey, I can change my life by changing me. And you know what the friend said? Oh, you can't be serious. And so I had to leave them. I loved them. They were there for me. They were some kind of any port in a storm. But I had to get up and walk away from unhealthy relationships. So don't be afraid to do that. Forgive everyone and everything that, that have harmed or offended you. Forgive. If you withhold a forgiveness, you're going to withhold the flow. That's, an, that's choking the, the hose down so the water can't get through. And forgive yourself 
And you think God had something to do with it, forgive God too, but God never has anything to do with your negativity. Forget that. But forgive. Do it. Do it every day. Don't hold on to it. I, I think using a treasure map or a vision board. Any of you do that? Get, get the poster board and put pictures of what you desire on it and look at it. Now, you want to put God in the center of that or the divine, whatever means that to you, and put a handful of dollars up there, money, because you don't want to get to cruise and then you go $5,000 into debt. So look at it. And don't put that where some naysayers will see it. And say, oh, man, I went in your bathroom and there was this poster up there and you had this, you know, what is that? Because the naysayers can, they're, they're consciousness dissipators but get people who believe in you and love you and want to see you have the crews in the house and all that good stuff, debt-free. You want it debt-free. So work on those, those vision boards. Now, here's one that I think is this is a little tricky, but it's good. Get definite about exactly what you want, but also leave room for God to give you something better. You know, sometimes you get hazy about, what I want abundance. I know this one, one person eventually became a new thought minister, but got into new thought. And there was going to be this retreat at this great location. Uh, I think it was a Silomar. Do you know a Silomar? In, uh, near Carmel. It's really a gorgeous retreat place. But it was all booked up. You know, she got too late, but she said, I'm going to go there and I'm going to get, make them give me a room. I said, Well, we got one room. It used to be a janitor's closet, but, you know, it's really not a great room and we don't want it. But she said, I'll take it. Every morning, about 5 o'clock, this big truck would come and pick up the garbage that was in the, in, the, in the bins, you know, the dumpster dumpster things. So every time she looked out her window, she saw overflowing garbage, abundance of garbage. <laughs> then there was another woman, and this one became a minister too. So get definite. I don't want just abundance. I want abundance of the things that I want, right? But this one said... Oh, this will be a great effort. I have money to burn. And she got a job at the Denver Mint, and her job was shredding the, the old dollars that were turned in. You know, she had money to burn. So get definite about it. Work on your sense of worthiness. I grew up poor, poor. And, uh, you, you know, uh, my dad left us when we were young, took Stole money from mother and took off. We didn't know where he was for years. But he would send us letters and sometimes gifts from all over the world. And so but the, the little boy in me got this idea. Poor people are good and rich people are bad. And then I, then I got to ministerial school and said, you know, y'all are having trouble paying your tuition. We're going to teach you prosperity. I took my first prosperity course in ministerial school. And I'd sit there like that, you know, because I had a hard time feeling worthy of being prosperous. I had to change that. I like prosperity. You are worthy of the good that God has in store for you. Because that's all God is there for, is to help you be wonderful and have a great life. So do it. I want to I go to the ending of the story of Job, the Old Testament. Go to about the 42nd uh, chapter. Job was a miserable wretch, wasn't he? Had everything, he lost everything. Of course, blaming God, the story blames God for that. Hmm. 
you know, we're testing him. God doesn't do that. He lost everything. He was low down, stinking dust. He was, oh, man. But look what happened. Look what happened. We get to it. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he'd had before. The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. Dang. I hope he had the money to, to get the people to shovel, you know. I mean, he also had seven sons and three daughters. In all the land, there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughter. And their father gave them an inheritance along with their brothers. I guess women didn't get inheritances in those days, right? And, uh, and, and then uh, and he saw his children, his children's children, and children's children, 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 four generations. And Job died old and full of days. Woo! So I don't know where you are right now. But God can bless you if you want camels and oxen and donkeys. And beautiful children and children, children and children, children, children and children, children, children. God can do it all and will if you say you're ready. So how are we going to say we're ready? We're going to do some affirmative. You're going to do some at the end too, but these are the ones I got for you. So I want you to, you're going to say them with me. I am worthy of my prosperity. Together, I am worthy of my prosperity. And you know what I like? You're trained, aren't you? Because I don't have to encourage you to get excited about that. You already are. I love it. Great job, Tony. Yeah, and all you practitioners. I am the rich child of a generous God, so I dare to prosper now. I am the rich child of a generous God, so I dare to prosper now. When? Now. When? Now. All right. Does that feel good? Yeah, you got some juice. No person, situation, or thing can stand between my good and me. No person, situation, or thing can stand between my good and me. I get definite about prosperity, so prosperity can get definite about me. I get definite about prosperity, so prosperity can get definite about me. My prosperity includes plenty of money to use, to enjoy, to share, and to spare. My prosperity includes plenty of money to use, to enjoy, to share, and to spare. My prosperity includes happy, fulfilling relationships. My prosperity includes happy, fulfilling relationships. My prosperity includes a beautiful, healthy body. My prosperity includes a beautiful, healthy body. It's in there. It's in there. <laughs> it's covered over with some, uh, some padding, but it's in there. My prosperity includes a gorgeous home. My prosperity includes a gorgeous home. My prosperity includes right and perfect transportation. My prosperity includes right and perfect transportation. Now, I want to say that when I lived in New York, I sold my car. I didn't need a car in New York City, but I had a, a transportation allowance from the church, and man, I could take taxis and subways and go anywhere. So, so there I'm not saying you have to have a car, but right and perfect transportation. My prosperity includes wonderful, enriching travel. My prosperity includes wonderful, enriching travel. My prosperity includes peace of mind. My prosperity includes peace of mind. And I'm, I'm going to borrow this from Reverend Ike and make it mine. But do you remember Reverend Ike? What a prosperity teacher. And his, his signature affirmation was, I love money and money loves me. 
But I, I'm going to say it my way. I love my prosperity and my prosperity loves me. I love my prosperity and my prosperity loves me. Oh, what the heck. Let's do the Reverend Ike. I love money and money loves me. Can you believe it? Can you believe that's spiritual? Can you believe you're worthy? Yeah. Oh, man. Do you feel it now? Woo. Woo. Yeah. And then I have one more because I love this with all my prayer treatments. This or something better, thank you, God. This or something better, thank you, God. You have raised your prosperity. I have taken that swing, and I'm looking at that ball. It's going, going over that, that fence, man. Home run. I love you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah. Thank you again for selecting the Trinity Center for Spiritual Living podcast for your spiritual journey and for the expression of your generosity at trinitycenteratlanta.org forward slash donate.